good enough to lift the third of our cleat. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot, moron. Gab eater. Watch this. Hot liquor. Fart smeller. <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mix your weed with your mama's phone jam. Yeah. yeah. You bop grapples in the toilet. Oh, oh, my, 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 those are fighting words indeed. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to that cozy little corner of cyberspace we call the Sunday Night Sandlot, brought to you by socalledfantasyexperts.com. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, and I would like to welcome you aboard for what we hope will be an entertaining and informative 60 minutes of fantasy baseball news and analysis. This week, we have something a little bit different for you, and it all started with a post on Facebook by a rather prominent member of the fantasy baseball industry, Lenny Melnick, and the post centered around whether or not you had ever participated in daily fantasy sports, and then it went on to pose several follow-up questions as to your style of play and ask for your feelings regarding daily fantasy sports. Well, the responses to Lenny's inquiry numbered well over 100, and several of them came from some of the top names in the industry. Many of the responses were, well, rather passionate in nature, and it really identified this as a major hot-button issue in the industry. So, of course, we decided to put together a show that allows voices from both sides of this issue the opportunity to have their say, kind of state their case, as it were. And tonight, we are going to be doing just that. Later on, we will be welcoming in Jerry Colvin of sportsblog.com for his take on daily fantasy sports, and Tim McLeod from the very popular Prospect 361 podcast heard every Sunday night here on Blog Talk Radio, who will be advocating the virtues of the traditional yearly fantasy leagues. It should make for some very lively conversation indeed. But wait, there's more. You know, I've always wanted to say that. For the show's final segment, we will be joined by none other than the man whose Facebook post inspired all of this passionate debate. I am talking about, of course, the man they call the legend. Mr. Lenny Melnick will be joining us later on, and I'm sure he will have some great thoughts to share with us. We will get to that right after we take a look at the latest news. So if that sounds like a good time to you, then pull up a chair and let's talk some baseball. It is time, of course, to introduce my counterpart here in the cyber studio. He is the co-founder of SoCalledFantasyExperts.com, a veteran of the fantasy sports industry, and has been playing fantasy baseball for over 20 years. He's currently in charge of aggregation efforts at the Fantasy Sports Network and is also a member of the inaugural Tout Wars X League. Please say hello again to the Roto Daddy himself, Mr. Doug Anderson. Doug, how are you doing tonight? But wait, there's more. My big question, <laughs> I Buck. I always wanted to say that. <laughs> my big question, Buck, is in order to get Lenny Melnick, do we have to pay separate shipping and handling? <laughs> oh, now stop that. I just, <laughs> I just always wanted to say that. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what. How are you doing tonight, Doug? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. You know, a lot of times we have guests and there's a lot of agreement and, you know, we, we have similar ways of thinking. So I'm a little bit excited about some, a little built-in controversy. Hopefully, you know, we don't have to figure out who's, who's fathering whose child like on Jerry Springer. Yeah, yeah this, uh, this is going to be a, a very interesting debate tonight. And folks, by the way, if you are listening to us live on Blog Talk Radio and would like to share your thoughts or even ask a question in the chat room, 
please feel free to do so. <laughs> we Courteous and skilled operators are standing by, and they will do their very best to make sure that your questions and comments are shared on the air. Uh, Doug, a little bit of uh, news tonight, if uh, if you would be so good. I'm sitting here watching the Miami Marlins play right now. They fired their manager on Sunday, Mike Redmond. What about this guy that they hired? General Manager Dan Jennings was named the new skipper. When was the last time this guy managed a major league team, or for that matter, a professional team? Well, you know, uh, seeing as how he played major league baseball, hasn't managed or coached that I know of, uh, I'd say this is a first because chances are he never had time to manage little league. So, But, you know, when you're in charge, uh, I, I guess you get to make the decisions. So he's the one who acquired all these players, so I guess he thinks it couldn't be the player's fault. So it had to be the manager's fault. So he's taken over. Yeah. And now how, how difficult is this though? I was reading the last time he was actually a manager was in high school ball. He's never been a manager in the professional level. How tough is this going to be stepping right in with major league players, whether you're the general manager or not, it's got to be a difficult dynamic, isn't it? Uh, you would think, uh, you know, from everything I've heard, he's a good manager of people, and he deals with people well. And, and that's, you know, probably over half the battle. You know, strategically on a Major League Baseball field, yeah, there's some ins and outs, but it's all about the people. So, you know, if he's got a good relationship with the players already, you know, it could work. The question is, does he have the players to do it? Because, you know, how many ever games you want to credit to a manager over the course of a year it's the players who make the final record. So the question is, does it shake up the players? Does it get them playing better than they are? And that's something that might be hard to do. And I know the Marlins coming into this season, they were kind of a fashionable pick to be a, a playoff team or a division winner or what have you, or at least challenge for the division. I think we might have set the bar a little too high for them. You take a step back and you look at that team. They don't have their top starting pitcher. And from there on, they've got some some good players, some talented players, but there's also quite a few holes in that team. So I don't know if this was completely the the fault of the manager. And I, I don't know. It, it seems like a pretty tall order for Dan Jennings or anybody to just step onto a major league field and suddenly uh, be able to to take over a major league team and, and actually manage the people and manage the game and everything else. So uh, we'll we'll see how it works out. But boy, that's going to be a that's going to be a, a, a tall order to fill. Uh, Doug, you know, I I write a column over on so-called fantasy experts called bullpen briefs, and a lot of action in the bullpens this week had a couple of closer changes. Uh, actually, we had uh, three closer changes. We had Miami, Arizona, and Texas, the aforementioned Miami Marlins. Uh, Steve Ciszek, uh, kind of demoted, committee-ish kind of a thing. It wasn't didn't look like it was a straight-out demotion, but he doesn't have the ninth inning right now. A.J. Ramos does. What do you make of this situation? Is Ramos a guy you think that can take and run with this job? You know, I, I think AJ Ramos is a quality reliever, and I don't have a doubt that he could, if they stick with him, rely on him for the job. But I think what the Marlins want to do is they would prefer that Sishek gets the job back. You know, he he's a side-arming right-hander who you would think had had problems with left-handed hitters, but historically he's actually done pretty well against left-handed hitters. So I think they would prefer that he get back on track, and if nothing else. 
if they can't get back in contention, then they're able to deal him at the deadline for you know for some useful part for the future. So I think they would like to see Sushek, I can't say that name, uh, get the job back. So I think he'll get more opportunities. And his history, you know, I got to think he's going to right the ship. And he's got some good stuff, and he's obviously difficult to hit. So I think at some point he'll get the job back. It's just a matter of figuring out what's the problem right now. It's just like seashell, except Shaq, not shell. Does that make any sense? No. I can't say Sally sells seashell. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. Yeah. Um, now, most closers, uh, they're typically guys that come in, they're conventional with a couple of very notable exceptions in Kent Tocoli and Dan Quisenberry, they they come in, they throw pretty much over the top or a conventional motion, and they're typically mid and upper 90s kind of guys. Brad Ziegler is neither of those two things. But right now, because of the struggles of Addison Reed, Ziegler is probably the reliever to own in Arizona. And I, I don't think Ziegler has the stuff to keep the job all year, but Doug, can you change my mind? Well, I, I would ask why not? Uh, we've seen him do it before. He's went through years where he's almost unhittable and he's been consistent from year to year for the most part. Um, nobody wants to stick with him, I think because of this, you know, he doesn't have that dominating stuff, but I don't see why not. And I, I honestly think the Arizona should have went with them a long time ago. Addison Reed obviously was a mediocre pitcher who basically was able to get by in the ninth inning. So I think Ziggler's the guy to have. And if the Diamondbacks are smart and if they want to contend, I think they stick with him. Yeah, I got a red flag on Reed when I saw he had changed his delivery to account <laughs> for something. That is, that's always a red flag. I, it, doesn't matter to me who you are. You're gonna if you change your delivery, you're gonna have to show me that you're gonna be able to get people out with that uh, new delivery. Uh, the guy out in Texas uh, has been having some problems. We actually he was one of the subjects of um, of a reliever that was struggling in bullpen briefs a couple weeks back is Neftali Feliz. I guess the good news is is that his velocity is at least some of the way back. It's not quite back to where he was. But it looks like right now there is no set role in the Texas bullpen, but it looks like Sean Tolleson is going to get a shot in the ninth. What's uh, your thoughts there? <laughs> That's a ninth inning. It's it's like the Dodgers early in the year. It's a ninth inning that I want to stay away uh, away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I got to think they want Feliz to have the job, but as much as they want, if he's not doing the job, the pitcher that I would like to see end up with that job is Tanner Shepard's. Had a chance yep. to see him in the uh, Arizona Fall League, what, I don't know, 2010, something along those lines. Absolutely electric stuff. He's had problems staying healthy. I don't know if he's still got that electric stuff, but he's the guy I'd like to see get the chance. And I think if he still has that in his arm, he could definitely succeed in that situation. And uh, probably going in a relief rather than trying to start him, he can up that strikeout rate back up. Yeah, definitely a situation to watch. And just as a reminder, we have a bullpen depth chart over at so-called fantasy experts that we update just about every day. And whenever news breaks, we try to reflect it in that chart. And actually, Tolleson was um, somebody that was a recommended pickup the day before Phillies lost the job. So definitely something to check out. Uh, Doug, in Cincinnati, uh, Billy Hamilton, a guy we've talked about a couple of times on the show, he has moved to eighth in the order. He's got a league-leading 17 steals, but the batting average is 214. The OBP is 263. 
Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. You can't steal first base, and that's what Billy is having trouble doing right now. Amazing speed, but he needs to show me he can hit major league pitching. What do you think? Yeah, I just think people had such expectations for him. I know last year people talking about him scoring 110 runs, and you can't do that with a, an on-base percentage that's 300 or below. And, you know, I believe – Maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe every slot you move down in the batting order is something along the lines of 30 at-bats if you looked at it for over a whole year. So right. you're losing at-bats. You know, I guess the upside is he's not going to hurt you as much in batting average. You're still going to get lots of stolen bases, and that's what you got him for. But it's kind right. of them acknowledging what I think a lot of us have thought for a long time. If I'm the Reds, I'll play manager here real quick. I almost think about hitting Billy Hamilton ninth and hitting the pitcher eighth. That was a trick Tony La Russa kind of came up with a few years back because then you put, uh, let's say it's uh, Cozart or whoever is hitting first, you put Hamilton right ahead of him, even though he's behind him, if that makes any sense, and perhaps set up uh, an inning that way. So it's something that I'm sure will be a developing story and definitely something to keep uh, keep an eye on. Speaking of keeping an eye on somebody, Doug, um, uh, the National League Player of the Week this week is the same guy that was the National League Player of the Week last week. And uh, my <laughs> goodness, uh, uh, Fangraphs, uh, you're I'm sure you're familiar with, with Fangraphs, did a little comparison between Miguel Cabrera at a similar point in his career and a gentleman by the name of Bryce Harper. Very similar comparison. A little less power, a little less in the way of batting average, of course, but OBP slugging, awful lot of uh, weighted on-base average, awful favorable comparison for Bryce Harper. Doug, you are an outspoken Bryce Harper, let's say non-believer. Has anything happened here in the last 14 days that have changed your mind? The guy's average looks like a slow-pitch softball, for crying out loud. Has anything happened to maybe think this guy might be pretty good? Well, my argument was never that this guy couldn't be pretty good. My argument was that this guy is not as good as everybody anointed him. The same people who would be drafting him in the first round were the guys when you said, well, he's not worth a first-round pick. But, well, he's only 19, he's only 20. Okay, don't draft him there. So my thing was, he wasn't worth the value. This year, he was going at points in drafts where, actually, in one league, I ended up with him. Uh, But, with that said, he's still not hitting left-handers. He's got two stolen bases. You know, they don't want to risk him on the bases. So I question whether he can steal double digits, just because they don't want to risk injury on the bases. So you're not going to get... The, the five categories. I don't think he maintains the batting average. I think, you know, at 273, he could probably get up to 280, but he's not a 300 hitter in my eyes. So he's a very good player, and the power, you know, he could hit 40 home runs. There's no question. So he's yeah. starting to approach the value that people put on him. My my big problem with him was that people overvalued him so much early. Let a player do it before you invest a first-round draft pick. So I guess that's, you know, and, and it's fun to hate on Bryce Harper because he's such a, you know, <laughs> he he gets people one way or the other big time. Uh, and it's fun when he's going well to 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 bring that back to the people who hate on him. <laughs> I have no doubt <laughs> I in my that. mind Bryce Harper will come back to earth. I have no doubt in my mind he's not going to hit 564 or whatever for the rest of the year. But right now he's showing us a little bit of what all the hype is about. And when I saw him in Arizona a few years back, 
he looked major league ready or right at major league ready right then. And uh, we're starting to see some of that now. So good for him. I'm glad to see that he's fulfilling a little of that potential. Doug, I got a news flash for you. comes from high A. And uh, they always tell you when you go to a baseball game, you may never see something you've never seen before, right? You've heard that saying, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I went this this week to watch the Clearwater Threshers and the Charlotte Stone Crabs. Charlotte Stone Crabs, of course, are the high A affiliate of our Tampa Bay Devil Rays. A couple of really good prospects on Charlotte right now, and I went to go see that game, of course, just to kind of get an idea of what's uh, you know what's in the future for the Rays. And a pitcher by the name of Buddy Borden for Charlotte threw a no-hitter, seven-inning no-hitter in the first game of the twin bill. First no-hitter I have ever witnessed live. Made this game just as special because not only did I see a no-hitter, but Charlotte also turned a triple play in that game. How many games have baseball games do you know of where there's been a no-hitter and a triple play in the same game, much less by the same team? <laughs> uh, I would guess that there's that might be a first anywhere. I, you know, it's the first I've heard. That's for sure. And and the guy that was the key that started that triple play is arguably the Rays' top prospects. Nineteen years old, named Willie Adamas, and he was one of the key pieces in the David Price deal. So. If you're in a dynasty league, kind of put the name Willie Adamas aside and just watch and see how he's going. He, he, I don't think he's going to stick at shortstop. He's, he's a big guy, and he's having a little bit of trouble with defense right now. But I think the bat is going to play. And if he's, he was up over 300 when I last heard, heard from him. I think he had four hits the other night. If he makes a promotion to double A by the end of this year, it will be at age 20 uh, or maybe even 19 when he does. So he's somebody you need to have on your radar screen because he looks like he could get through the system really, really quickly. Is that the phone, Doug? That is, and I see we've got two callers on the line. I'm going to bring in Mr. Tim McLeod here first. Just one second. All right, Tim, do we have you on the line? Uh, That magic beep I heard in the background must mean I'm here. Fantastic. Folks, uh, I would like to introduce the voice that you hear on the other end of the phone. Uh, he is a gentleman who tonight is going to take up the cause of traditional yearly fantasy leagues when we get ready to convene our discussion. He can currently be found at Patton and Company, and in the past he was a fantasy baseball writer at rotorob.com. Over the past eight years, he has been a regular contributor to Rotoman's annual Fantasy Baseball Guide magazine. In 2015, he added the Tout Wars Mixed Draft title to his resume, which also happens to include a Fantasy Sports Writers Association title, and he is a three-time title holder with some guy named Buck Davidson in the Blog Wars Industry League. He can be found every Sunday night on Blog Talk Radio with Rich Wilson on the Prospect 361 podcast, and he is a frequent guest on Sirius XM. Please join me in saying hello to Mr. Tim McLeod. Tim, how are you doing tonight? I am just doing fantastic, guys. Thanks for the uh, kind words, Buck. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, it's a pleasure uh, having the opportunity to chat some baseball with you folks. Uh, thanks again for the invite. Hey, Tim. It's, it's... I uh, I noticed that the, the Blog Wars Championship thing wasn't in the intro you sent us, so I'm thinking that Buck maybe threw that <laughs> in, to, you know, self-promotion there. Well, you know, Doug, the league's been together five years, okay? And <laughs> Buck and, Buck and I have been partnering up for all five, and we've got three firsts and a second. 
in the five years. So I think we got a pretty good uh, marriage happening here. It seems to be working just fine. Beautiful. Tim, before uh, before we bring Jerry on, if uh, if I could get you real quick, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on either at Patton & Company or over at Prospect 361. Y'all have a pretty doggone successful podcast there at Prospect, yes? Yeah, things are things are rolling right along. Uh, we're one of the few baseball shows that goes uh, 365. We do a weekly show right throughout the year, and in conjunction with that, uh, just recently, uh, we have created, or actually it was created by Alan Cervanus, one of our listeners, a Facebook page that we now have in excess of a 1,000 people uh, uh, as members. It's a very lively page with anywhere from, I would say, 10 to 20 posts daily, and it's uh, it, it's a really great forum. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, when I'm not hanging out those two places, I'm commenting on players over at uh, Patent & Company and enjoying every minute of it. Uh, well, fantastic. And that the uh, the podcast is Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, is that correct? Yeah, Prospect 361. Uh, myself and good friend and chief cook and bottle washer, Rich Wilson, uh, are on every Sunday at 9 Eastern. And, and also a rather large Facebook group uh, dedicated to Prospect 361, which, by the way, was the group where the post that kind of led to this show was made. So uh, there's a little bit of a history there. So, Tim, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. And, Doug, let's, uh, let's bring in our, our next guest. I'm plugging the little RCA jack in the switchboard right now. RCA right. jack, really? Yeah, it's an old-fashioned switchboard. We're we're low tech here. <laughs> I just I just had this I just had this view of Lily Tomlin on Rowan and Martin's laughing, exactly. working, those, uh, working those plugs back and forth. I mean, wow, I think I'm dating myself a little bit. Hello, uh, Jerry, are you there? Yeah, I am. Boy, that's quite a resume to follow up, gentlemen. Coming in, <laughs> well, we'll do the best we can. Folks, we wow. are proud to w- welcome into the Cyber Studio tonight a gentleman who is a writer for SportsBlog.com and an up-and-comer in the daily fantasy sports world. He is a big believer in daily fantasy, but says the most important thing about fantasy sports of any kind is that you enjoy them. Please join me in saying hello to Mr. Jerry Colvin. Jerry, welcome. Thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. Pleasure to have you in the Cyber Studio. How are you doing? Well, thank you for having me, guys. It's good to be here uh, for the first time. Uh, tell us a little bit about sportsblog.com, what uh, what you all do over there, maybe a little bit about the concept of the site and, and where you fit well, in. Well, sportsblog.com, pretty much anybody can join. I, I write a lot of blogs about sports cards and uh, usually DFS-related topics on there, and that's how I've met a lot of people uh, in this industry so far, through that site and things I've written on there. Fantastic. Now, if if people want to, why would would people go to sportsblog.com? What would be the the motivation to to bring them to that site? What would what would they expect to find when they got there? Well, I mean, it's it's easy. It's a good site for uh, beginning bloggers um, who want to get a little exposure. Um, but as well as you guys know, you're going to get as much exposure out of anything that you put the work into it. So that's really about all I can say. To be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, I don't know if that's what you were looking for. <laughs> oh, sure. Ab- absolutely. Uh, Jerry, before we get started, and I'm going to ask you this again before we sign off tonight, but how can people keep up with you? How can they get in touch with you, either Facebook or, or Twitter or what yeah. have you? You can find me on Twitter at Gerald Colvin 73 and if you want to hit me up on Facebook, it's just Jerry Colvin III. 
All right. Uh, Tim, same question. How can people keep up with you if they if they want to stay stay uh, abreast of the doings of Mr. Tim McLeod? Uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook, hanging out a lot there under just Tim McLeod. And on Twitter, I can be found at Timothy LMC. All right. Fantastic. Um, folks, it is time to turn our attention to the main topic of the evening. Now, before we get started, in the interest of full disclosure... I want to make it clear that so-called fantasy experts does have several affiliates that are daily fantasy sports providers, so let's make that very clear from the get-go. The purpose of the discussion tonight is going to, we're going to try to provide a forum to talk about the various advantages and disadvantages of daily games and yearly games and discuss a little bit about how the industry may be impacted now or down the road. Now, over the past couple of seasons especially, daily fantasy games have absolutely exploded onto the scene, and many new players have started playing fantasy sports because of them. And one of the main, main complaints you always used to get in, uh, from fantasy football players, and if, why, why don't you play fantasy baseball? Well, it was too long. The season's too long, what have you. The DFS kind of solves that issue, and the number of players that are jumping into daily games is, is really growing at an at a, at a incredible rate. DraftKings, of course, is in a partnership with MLB. It's, it's tough to watch a game for very long on, t- on television before you'll see an ad for, for DraftKings. And, of course, people can choose to play or not to play fantasy baseball on any given night. I think the tagline goes, you're not locked in. Well, this the advent of the daily games, of course, has met with some concerns and some questions, uh, primarily among many long-term fantasy players. The concept of a one-and-done daily game kind of flies in the face of, of the time-honored mantra that we've heard, baseball's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's the opinion of some that without the in-season management inherent in the traditional yearly game, you're coming dangerously close to a game that's based more on luck than on skill. And in a lot of cases, it's easy to make the jump to think of DFS as gambling instead of a game of skill. Of course, this has sparked an awful lot of passionate debate as to whether DFS and traditional fantasy can coexist or will the big instant money of DFS eventually lure away players from the traditional game to the point to where it becomes irrelevant. Tonight, what we hope to do is explore some of those issues and shed some light on some things that uh, you weren't so sure about. So with, with no further ado, uh, we're going to get started. And, and, gentlemen, what I would like to do here, and, and Doug, I'd like you to, of course, chime in when, whenever you feel like uh, you've got something to ask or to add. But what I'd like to do is, is kind of run through some of the hot-button topics of, the, uh, of, of daily fantasy versus traditional yearly fantasy and, and just see where you stand on them. And, and at the end, I want to give you the opportunity also to just kind of state your case for – for one side of the coin or the other. So does that, is that going to work for you all? If we kind of go back and forth, I'll pose a, a question or set of questions to Jerry. Then I'll turn around and, and, and give it over to Tim. Is that, going to, is that going to work for you? Work for me. All right, good deal. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to start with you. Uh, just uh, real, real quickly, obviously you play da- daily fantasy. How long have you been playing fantasy, and, and why did you start playing um, uh, DFS? Well, I've been playing fantasy baseball now for a number of years, all the way back to the uh, old AOL chat room days. If that gives you an indication, wow. the old Yahoo League. But I started playing. I started playing DFS a couple years ago. Uh, I heard a commercial actually on SiriusXM, and I checked it out and played it and lost my shirt. <laughs> 
and uh, kept going back for more. Now, is uh, do you play it strictly strictly for money with DFS, or is there any is there any uh, leagues that you play that are free? Uh, DFS wise, I don't play in any free leagues. I do have a couple yearly free leagues, though. I still keep, but uh, no, I don't. I don't waste all my time doing all the research every day for DFS to to just play a free game. I'm not going to lie about that. Okay. No, no, no worries at all. Tim, uh, going to kind of pose the same question to you. You're you're here to kind of talk up the virtues of the yearly game, but do you play any daily games at all? Uh, no, at this uh, at this current time, I don't. I gave it a spin last year and played it for a couple weeks, and it just wasn't my cup of tea, so I haven't gone back. Okay. Now, how long, Tim, have you been playing fantasy baseball? Uh, this is my 25th year playing the game, Buck. I'm an, I'm an old wow. guy. Yeah, you say you've, you've been around for a little while there. All right, well, Tim, I'm going to kind of send the next set of questions your way because um, it's, it kind of relates to one of the key points, I think, that is made by the, the folks with DFS. What's the harm that you see in, in players, maybe some of them, as I alluded to earlier, maybe fantasy football players who don't play fantasy baseball because it's too long. The season's too long. They don't want to mess with setting their lineups every day, every week, whatever. They want the immediate satisfaction and the ability to start over again. What's the harm that could you either see now or could potentially be with giving them that option to do that? Well, you know, when you look at football and baseball, you know, it's sort of like I always use a comparison, chess and checkers, okay? And, uh, you know, they're both board games, but uh, I, I think one is – a little bit more advanced in, in, in the skill set required to partake. Uh, getting back to your question, uh, I, I think right now we are going through an incredible period of growth, very, very fast growth. And do, uh, do I think the football player looking at baseball uh, and looking at the daily games is a fan of the game or simply a fan of an opportunity to make money. And that's probably one of my biggest concerns, Buck. Okay, so um, with that in mind, what, what could you see with these players coming in just for money? What harm could you envision, or, or is there any harm with them being in the, the fantasy sports hobby? My biggest concern long-term is going back to the 2006 exemption. Uh, you know, uh, would fantasy baseball have in fact received that exemption if daily games were in play today I, I i love the game of baseball i love the game of fantasy baseball and my biggest concern is at some point in time uh this whole group gets lumped together and if fantasy baseball were to lose that exemption uh it would be a very very sad day uh, Jerry, I'm going to kind of throw the same questions over to you. What do you see any harm in bringing the option to players to play daily fantasy sports instead of yearly, or do you foresee there could be some potential for harm to the traditional game? And I'm going to kind of follow that up with say, do you think that there is anything to the notion that daily fantasy sports will bring more players into this hobby? and that some of them may stick around and play yearly leagues? Well, uh, let me see here. Um, I think, for the most part, that a lot of the 
people are afraid of the poker players coming into the DFF scene who don't really follow right. baseball. They're strictly going to attack it by the numbers. Sure. Um, I myself, I've been I've been a baseball fan since I was a little kid. Started with baseball cards and it never stopped. So I mean. Um, I don't see any really harm down the road in DFS unless people have the pendants uh, for gambling problems, which I don't, so I have a hard time seeing that. I mean, I can spend $10 a night if I want to, or I can spend 50 depending on what kind of bankroll I have. I mean, I just enjoy playing the game itself. Right. Now, do you think that it's wrong to assume that if you put a daily fantasy option out there that it will bring in some more players and maybe some of them might stick around and play the traditional game, or do you think the DFS players are pretty much money-motivated? I don't think that I myself am money-motivated, and I don't think most of us are. I think uh, myself and a lot of the people I play with, we also manage yearly leagues as well. Um, Mm -hmm. This is just an extra thing that we get to do because we love playing fantasy baseball. That's how I look at it. Um, If it was free, I probably still would. I'm going to jump in on this one, Buck, uh, because – All right, go ahead, I think a lot of the, the it's it's all about a viewpoint and the way the game the way DFS is marketed, you know, yeah, it's it's a one day thing, but anybody who plays daily fantasy sports, it's not a one day thing. They don't look at it as, "Oh, I failed tonight." They look at it over the long term just like you would for a season long league. It's still about uh, choosing the right players, putting the odds in your favor. So it's still a season-long endeavor. It's not something you just go in and it's, you know, yeah, it's called daily, but you can't play it daily as in one day because, yeah, then at that point, yeah, it, it gets closer to a more luck involved. But you still, day after day, that you know, we've got Roto Grinders out there, which is one of the top websites dedicated to daily fantasy sports. It's about grinding. Every day, day in, day out. So I think the name and the way it's marketed is what turns off a lot of people. It's still the enjoyment of, of managing your bankroll and you know trying to get in the rhythm with the, with the game. And people enjoy that just like they do season-long leagues. Question, folks, you are listening to the, folks, you are listening to the Sunday Night Sandlot on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, along with so-called Fantasy Experts co-founder, Doug Anderson, and Jerry Colvin of SportsBlog.com, and Mr. Tim McLeod of Prospect 361 and Patton and Company. Tonight, we are talking daily versus yearly fantasy sports, and we're having a roundtable to discuss the advantages and drawbacks of both games. I heard Tim, I believe, uh, wanting to pose a, a question or a rebuttal. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess one of my concerns, Doug, is what do you do with the guy with the big bankroll who's playing 50, 60, 70 sets a day? Uh, how, do you, how do you play that game? How do you compete against that game? Uh, is that uh, a concern? And, and should it be a concern moving forward looking at these daily games? Because usually uh, the smart person with the most money ends up at the end of the day in a pretty good situation, I believe. So what are your thoughts there? Well, you you said key being smart. You still have to pick the right players. And I'm not going to say it's not a concern, but it's still, you know, they're also pumping more money into each contest. So, yes, you win or more teams, you have better chances to win, but you're also pumping that mon- more money into it. And if you're not doing that wisely, you're going to lose out. So, you know, each entry into a tournament has the same chances. Each entry costs the same, you know, with, with the basic idea out there. So I think it's a concern. Myself, I mostly play the 50-50 games where I feel like, you know, if, if I play, if I do my job right, I'm going to win my share. I don't 
typically get in a lot of tournaments, but you know, it's a concern, but I think it's something that, you know, it's numbers and it's part of traditional fantasy that I like is the gamesmanship. It's not just about the players and daily has that same kind of thing. It's not just about the players. It's how you manage your bankroll. It's, you know, do you use pitchers at home only? Will you use a pitcher on the road? All these other things similar to gamesmanship in a season long league. So it's, it's just a different venue for a lot of the same things we enjoy. Jerry, do you I want to weigh in on – I was going to say, do you want to weigh in on, on that? Because we kind of got a couple of topics there I thought you might have an opinion on, so go right ahead. Well, first of all, as far as the 60, 70 entries go, I mean, you got to expect that. you got to expect that in anything where you're going to see 40,000 entries in anything. And you got to be uh, smart enough to, I, I, to stay away from them things. I mean, that's like scratching a lottery ticket. You get into one of them tournaments with people like that, you're basically just scratching a ticket. Well, what you got to do to avoid that is you need to stick to the small leagues, two, three-man leagues, head-to-heads, and, and, and like Doug said, the 50-50s. If you can do that, you can manage your bankroll, and you can have a lot of fun playing this. I mean, I've never made a killing, but I play every day, and I don't really make any deposits. So that's really all I ask for out of it. I enjoy doing it. Jerry, going to going to pose the next set of questions to you because this this kind of cuts to the cuts to the chase, as it were, of this uh, this uh, question. And of course, the line is a little bit blurred. We know about the legalities that fantasy baseball is considered a, a game of skill. It's uh, not considered gambling in the eyes of the law. Some people will say, well, that law was put together back in 2006, and daily leagues really weren't, if they were around, they weren't very prevalent. So is the traditional fantasy baseball, does it constitute gambling in your opinion? And does daily fantasy baseball constitute gambling? And if if I can just follow up a third uh, question to that, a third layer of that, Major League Baseball does not allow its players to participate in fantasy baseball games where there's a prize involved. That seems to send a little bit of mixed message to some people that, hey, maybe Major League Baseball isn't so sure either. So can you respond to that that, uh, query? Jerry, you still there? Did we lose Jerry? Yeah, I think we may have lost Jerry. Well, let's get Jerry to uh, to call back in. Tim, uh, do you need me to run through that again? Uh, if you can, if you can respond to that that series of questions about uh, gambling versus daily and yearly leagues. Well, yeah, I, I guess you know, I I think when you look at the daily game, uh, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it is not a game that requires skill. It does require skill. There is no doubt about that. You have to pick players. You have to look at a very serious uh, group of questions and basically formulate your team based on what you believe are the best set of circumstances, looking at pitching matchups, looking at weather, looking and researching to find out who's sitting, who's not sitting, who's hurt. You know, it, it is definitely a skill game. But my concern is how much of that is driven simply because of the money. Uh, if, if you removed money from the DFS games, where would they be? I don't think they'd be anywhere. I play in 16 leagues, three of which involve money. But 13 of my leagues are purely for bragging rights. I don't think you would see that same uh, set of circumstances in a daily game 
as as you do in a yearly game. I think it's an entirely different group of people playing and an entirely different motivation. Right, and I'm sure that money is the primary motivator, which and I, I don't know that there's anything wrong with that because money motivates a lot of people to do a lot of things. <laughs> the but NFBC. Say, it, it, well, sure. Uh, there's there's an awful lot of money involved in fantasy sports as there is in everything. Doug, did we get Jerry back? Oh, I've got a lot of callers on here. Let's see here what we oh, can yeah. do. Well, try, try <laughs> We've got money the, on the uh, line, too. I can bring everybody yeah, in. Yeah. Try, try to sift through the board there, Ernestine, and see if we can uh, get <laughs> get something going there. Yeah, just see All you right. turning that little crank. And, and Jerry, Jerry are you back? I am back. Yeah. Fantastic. Do you need me to run through that set of uh, set of kind of three topics there again, or do you got to have, yes, a, good I, resp- you have a good response for us? Um, yeah, you'll have to remind me. I have one of them bundled nope. with the phone, the internet, and the cable, and the internet went ah. out and cut me off. You guys. Oh dear. Well, the the premise of the question was it, it kind of cuts to the chase and is traditional fantasy. We know what the legalities are. Back in 2006, they put the uh, the internet gambling law into effect, but daily games really weren't very prevalent if they were around at all back then. But is traditional fantasy leagues, is it gambling, in your opinion, is daily fantasy gambling? And where the line blurs a little bit, it kind of sends a little bit of a mixed message. Major League Baseball does not allow its players to participate in fantasy baseball games where there's a prize involved. Is there a mixed message there as to whether or not this is actually gambling? Well, I don't feel that it's necessarily gambling. I don't know how much of it this I got out before I got cut off before, but uh, uh, if I go to a casino, I don't check on, on the card dealers. I don't see uh, what hand they're dealing with. I don't check them factors before I sit down at a card table like I would before I choose a pitcher or I choose a first baseman. You know, I don't check the weather before I go play slot machines. Right. So I think there's a huge difference between it if you look at it that way. Um as far as major league baseball goes i can't imagine on any form how they would endorse the players doing it and just just because of the amount of of can of worms that would open up even though it seems uh, ridiculous that one of them would try to do something anyways with the amount of money they make right so the 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 relationship or the partnership that mlb has with DraftKings, which obviously is very very high profile it doesn't send a mixed message to you, or do you think it maybe conveys a mixed message to some others that you know we have a a, a very high-profile player who was banned for gambling, a couple of them actually, but they're in with a, a daily fantasy sports site. There, there doesn't, there's not a mixed message there to you. Well, I, I mean, I'm a grown man. I mean, I take ownership for what I do, and I would hope anybody else does as well. I mean, it's not something you have to do. It's a choice you can make. If you play it or you don't. If it ain't fun, right. don't play it. All right. Um, let's talk about the game itself, uh, daily versus yearly. A daily player, do you evaluate a daily player based on how they do a single day, or as Doug was saying earlier, is this truly a season-long endeavor? And which of the two games, daily or yearly, do you feel involves more skill and knowledge? Oh, boy. That's a tough one, huh? Um, I think you have to attack them both, at, both from different um, angles. You have to attack the daily game uh, based on the specific matchups of that day versus what pitchers are where, um, win factors, all that stuff. As opposed to the yearly games, you, you tend to spend more time for the long haul. I mean, I'll sit on a guy 
even though he's slumping and bench him. You'd never, you'd never take a guy who you know ain't going to hit in daily. Right. So do you do you feel that daily sports is daily fantasy sports is not really a daily one and done kind of thing? Does it perpetuate throughout the season? You'll you'll follow trends or what have you. I don't think it's a one and done thing. I think it actually helps you with your yearly game. Matter of fact, this year when I was doing my draft, I was rostering guys I knew I could keep on my bench just to put in for certain matchups. For instance, mm-hmm. David Freese. I keep him on the bench. I play him every time there's a lefty. Otherwise, I put Aramis Ramirez in. Right. I would have never uh, done Doug, that before I started playing daily. Yep. Doug, I'm going to go to you with the, the first part of that, that question as far as the, the skill and knowledge. What, which of the two do you think requires more skill and knowledge? And, and kind of the same question. When you look at a daily player, do you do it single day or does it perpetuate? It's impossible to answer that first part. They they both require so much. I, you know, before the season starts, I I read everything in the world. I'm looking at stats for the for the season long leagues, the daily leagues. You have to do it every day. You know, it can take you an hour or more to do the to do the job right and to feel like you can go in and compete. You know, the idea is to compete, so you have to do your checking weather reports. You're checking, you know, at, right before game time, you're checking lineups. You're looking at who's got the platoon advantages each day. So I, I don't know if it's skill so much as work involved. Um, with the daily game, it's a lot of keys that you need to key on. You know, the platoon advantage is a big thing. Uh, ballpark factors come into play more. So you've got to constantly be on top of daily. Season long, especially if you don't have daily transactions, you, there's a little time to breathe, put it that way. But, you know, daily, if you need that time to breathe, you don't play that day. If, if you don't can't build a lineup that you don't like, you don't play that day. So, you know, I love both of them. I, I'm going to play season-long leagues for the rest of my life. I'm going to play daily for the rest of my life at some level. So it, it's all about enjoyment, and both of them require work. And I, I can't really say one takes more skill or, you know, over the other. Yeah, Tim, you said you didn't have a whole lot of experience with daily games, but I'll pose that question to you. Did you have enough exposure to the daily games to be able to make a decent assessment of which required more skill or knowledge? And the same question about do you simply stick with a player on a day and then the next day is, is a whole new adventure? And if I can get you to speak to this topic when, when you, you've given me that answer, do you feel that season-long fantasy baseball – is on the way out, that it is in danger of being completely shouldered aside by daily games. Okay. Uh, you know, looking at your first question, uh, Buck, and, you know, I, I think Doug summed it up uh, rather eloquently. You know, there's a lot of work that has to go into daily games. I don't, I don't play them. I've only given them a short spin. But being aware of what's involved in the game through various discussions with various people. Yeah, there's a lot of work that's got to go into a daily game. As far as overall knowledge is concerned, I think it's a different cup of tea. When you start looking at uh, deeper keeper leagues, dynasty formats, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking all the way down to low A. I'm looking at the 2015 draft that's coming up. Uh, when you start developing into even redraft leagues, you're taking all of that knowledge and trying to build your team. You're looking at waiver wire ads. Uh, prime example, Lance McCullers is starting tonight. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, I don't know if he's listed in the daily games, but in the annual leagues, uh, 
he's a guy that's been on the radar for a while. And if you're not following baseball right through to the double-A, single-A level, you're not going to know about these guys. You're not going to have the opportunity to pick them up, and you're not going to have the opportunity to benefit from uh, from those stats when they do get called up. So uh, I think it's a different skill set, but I believe the work involved in a dynasty or even a redraft league is probably more extensive and the knowledge base required deeper than in a daily game. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. Now, do you feel that there is – we have we have a, a another phone call. Phone's ringing off the hook tonight, isn't it? I believe we have li- Mr. Lenny Melnick on oh. the phone. Let me bring him in here. Lenny, do we have you on the line? Yes, I'm right here, listening very carefully, and uh, just uh, excited to uh, you know put this away because this is getting yeah. ridiculous to tell you the truth. <laughs> but I'll just wait. I'll just wait my turn. Uh, no offense to Tim and Jerry. They've done, you know, Tim and Jerry, uh, not to get them confused with Tom and Jerry because they were fun too. But, uh, you know, Tim and Jerry are much, much, much of an improvement over the cat and the, and the mouse. No question about it. So uh, I was having a good time listening. Well, well, let me introduce the voice that you're hearing, folks, because uh, he's a gentleman that uh, probably needs no introduction. He has been covering fantasy sports for 23 years hosted his first radio show back in 1993 and is currently heard on both Sirius XM radio and on every weekday right here on blog talk radio he is a three-time winner in the league of alternative baseball reality labor industry league and a defending tout wars league champion please join me in saying hello and welcome to mr lenny melnick lenny thank you very very much how are you doing tonight Okay, this is really taking over, you know, the uh, the uh, daily game and the uh, changing the landscape of fantasy sports for now. Uh, there's a lot of pro and cons. Tim and Jerry did a wonderful job of expressing their opinions, and uh, I'm ready to go and join them. Well, I, I did want to uh, note that uh, one, maybe two minutes before you came on, JT Real Muto hit his first home run of the season. So oh, perhaps baby. It's something. Yep, uh-huh. perhaps a bit of a uh, of a celebration of the appearance of Lenny Melnick on the Yeah, so program. does that mean I have a skill? I, it could very well mean that. That's, that's, <laughs> I'll tell you what, you've, you've been telling me that me and everybody else who would listen about J.T. Realmuto for a while, it's, uh, and it was awesome that uh, the young man hit his first home run right before you came okay. on. Lenny, let me, let, me, let me ask you, because you were the one that, that uh, put this post up on Facebook. Yeah, I'm going to shoot and, uh, myself. I'm, and I spoke to the owner of Facebook. What's his name? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg actually called me and told me, get the hell out of here. Don't come back. He, he, said, these were the, he set up an account questions. for me on MySpace. Right. And I don't, I don't know if anybody has counted, but I know it's well over a hundred responses. That's no, a million. It's a million it's because a million. you can't. I get phone calls, tweets, yeah. emails. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Lenny Melnick has broken the internet, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know. Uh, the, the post went something like this: One and a half months of 2015 season in the books. Have you been playing daily fantasy baseball? Would enjoy hearing your thoughts on DFS, please. One: Will you continue to play seasonal fantasy baseball? Is winning money making DFS the new fantasy game for you, or is it the enjoyment of playing? If you break out even after a year, will you continue playing? Does it take too much time to prepare? Do you really trust the, quote, experts? Do you play who experts tell you or play your own feelings? 
do you feel stupid playing versus experts or those who prep for hours? What are your overall feelings about playing DFS daily fantasy sports? Many more questions, but for now, answer whatever you wish. And right. basically, the nobody answered of any of those questions. <laughs> answered any of those. Did, did you did you have any idea, Lenny, when you posted that how much uh, how much sheer volume and passion would be would be generated by that? Uh, absolutely not, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, here's the deal. I've been known to put stuff up on Facebook and various other places, men's room uh, walls, you know, you know, uh, phone numbers of certain people that I know. So I, I, try, I, I always try to stir the pot. But here's the thing. I put it up on Facebook just as I was about to go out for the rest of the day. Now, normally when I want to put something up that will stir the pot, I'll sit here all day long and, and listen to, the, you know, all the answers and just have a yeah, heck of a good time. What what surprised me the most, guys, you know, Jerry, Tim, and uh, and uh, Doug, and is, is that I thought this was already done. I thought we've been talking about this for over a year, maybe two years. I didn't I didn't mention the word gambling. It was not to provoke controversy. I already thought we had gone through it. There's nothing. What else is there to say? So I put it up there with uh, with uh, every intention of just having those questions answered. I thought those were pretty decent questions. Never in my wildest dreams that I expect to get this reaction. Yeah, let me let me ask you. You've since you've been in the industry probably as long as the industry has been, you've seen some changes, a lot of changes, and pretty much all of the changes. Have you seen anything on the scale of the advent of daily fantasy sports and? What do you feel is in the future? Can these two coexist? Well, first of all, yeah, there have been changes, but subtle changes. You know, we started off this uh, fantasy sports, uh, fantasy baseball, playing 4 by 4 Now it's 5 by 5 If you traded a player from the American International League, you lost them. There's a lot of different rules changes. But the format of the game has been the same. This is a whole new ball. This is just really changing the landscape of what we've known as fantasy baseball. Now, uh, uh, the future... It could be it could be anything, okay? I don't know what happens when the novelty wears off. I don't know if people are going to get tired because it does take. I play it now. I play it. There's a lot that people don't know about me and and the daily game, uh, but I play it, and it takes me about an hour and change to put together a lineup every day. Every day that I play takes me that that long because I'm trying to learn how to play it right, and I have the time, so I put it in. There are other people that take a lot more time, and they're a lot more skilled at it than I am, okay? But it takes that's what it takes me. So I wonder, uh, and of course the money part, what worries me about the money part is this. And Jerry said it earlier in the show. We started playing fantasy baseball as an extension of our love for baseball cards. It's a new generation now. The new generation doesn't love their baseball cards. They only cared about how much the baseball cards were worth. In my generation, it's, it, uh, the baseball cards made your bicycle sound like a motorcycle when you put the cards <laughs> in, in the spot, in the you know, in the spokes. So I, I'm a little concerned. It was a diversion to get away from the daily grind, and I'm just hoping it doesn't become part of the daily grind. 
because that would uh, put a halt to it. Also, the gambling issue, too. I'm going to put an end to that right now so you don't even have to ask me. Is it gambling? In states that say it's uh, it's not gambling, it's not gambling. In states that say it is gambling, it's gambling. Who the mm-hmm. hell cares what Lenny Melnick has to say? If I say it's gambling, is everybody gonna you know gonna drop their cars and run away and say don't put me in jail? No, nobody cares. And I mean, I used to own racehorses. That was gambling. I used to bet over my head and all this. Who cares? Either you play it or you don't. I don't think gambling has anything to do with it. Yeah. Uh, Lenny, I know you're pressed for time. Uh, do you have a a few minutes to stick around and first of all, whoever told you it was Chris the time was a liar. I got all freaking day. I mean, Andrew has been away for three weeks, and I'm just sitting here waiting for wrestling to go on. <laughs> I, I figured you'd want to go watch uh, JT Real Muto's uh, highlight reel or something. No, I, I have that on. I DVR'd that ah, man along with Jason well, well uh, Peterson, stolen base, and whatever he's going to do. All my hot <laughs> shot rookies, right? And 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 Jace Peterson. Yeah. Uh, I got Jerry, a quick gonna, question. I got a quick question Jerry, for Lenny Buck, if I could. Uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Sure. Uh, Lenny, uh, in the future, when you're writing on those washroom walls, use somebody else's phone number. I can't afford the long distance, okay, friend? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to stop putting no, Cameron Mayman's no. number down. So, so, yeah, because <laughs> that didn't work out for me. Right. Jerry, I'm going to throw that question to you. We, we've touched on it a little bit. Uh, is there a danger? A season-long fantasy, could it be shouldered aside by the daily game and if you you think not, then how can the two coexist? Where's the where's the middle ground there? Well, I can't see uh, yearly fantasy baseball ever going anywhere. I mean, I still I mean I do have less teams this year than I did last. I'm not going to lie about that, but I'll never give up. Like my dynasty team, Tim McLeod uh, mentioned on dynasty teams, and how a lot of daily guys might not, or at least your TV portrayed that a lot of daily guys might not know our farm system. And for instance, I drafted Alex Verdugo. I mean, as far as I know, he's an A ball. <laughs> Anyway, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see yearly leagues ever going away. I still love them, and I'll never stop playing in them. As long as people are willing to play with me, I'll keep playing in them. Hey, so do you Buck. think things are just going to? Are they just going to find their own level? Do you think then? I, I believe everything's going to level off. I think this is a topic that's a lot uh, more blown up than it should be. Yep. I think that this is all about fun, and that's where it should be. It's all about fun and baseball, and to try to choose between daily fantasy and yearly fantasy, yearly fantasy is like trying to choose between Major League Baseball and uh, Major League Baseball. Somebody tried to break in. Doug, was it you? Yeah, that was me. I, ha- I had a question for Tim, and uh, mm-hmm. I know you said he'd have a good answer for it here. So one of the – not I don't think this was Tim who said this in the thread, but one of the comments in the thread that was, was daily was basically just a dart throw and that it was all luck. Well, my question for for Tim, since I've already said that I think daily fantasy, you don't anybody who plays it with any seriousness at all does not take it as a daily game. They have to play it for an extended period of time. In traditional season long, how much weight do you put on the one day of your draft in a season long league? You know, is it 50% responsible for your season? Is it 60, 30, you know, because one could say that a season-long league involves a whole lot of luck, and it's all placed on one day or a large percentage of it. So what percentage of success would you would you give to draft day in a season-long league? Uh, in a season-long league, I would peg it somewhere around 30% or so, Doug. Uh, I'll just give you a quick example. Uh, last year, I won tote mixed. Okay, uh, my first round selection was Cargo. We know how that worked out. I traded my second round selection, Stanton, 
for uh, uh, Felix Hernandez. You know, if you if you looked at the draft and the weight that you put on it, you've got six months of baseball coming up. You've got a waiver wire every week. Uh, I think the in-season play, hey, I'm, I'm not saying the draft isn't important, but in-season play takes more weight as far as I'm concerned than the actual, uh, the actual draft day. You can have a bad draft. You can have players underperform. But if you stay with it week after week, you can make yourself a winner. Yeah, I did. Gonna pose that. Go, go ahead, Doug. Sorry. No, I was just going to say. I think in a mixed league, I think you're along. The, but I think if you play in an NL or AL only league, the draft takes on so much more importance. And I, I think it's at least fifty percent. But you know, that's a little semantics here. I'll, I'll let you go on, Buck. Yeah, uh, no Doug. Problem. I only play in mixed leagues, so basically, when you know, when I when I'm coming up with numbers, everything relates to a mixed league. I agree with you. When you look at a single uh, single league format, hey, the wire still plays a, a big. Uh, degree of importance, but the draft is where it's at in a single league. What would you say, Lenny? You play single leagues. That's predominantly your game. How much weight would you put on it? You know something. I'll tell you something. It's uh, I don't know how I don't know how the powers that be determine what gambling is, it, but it's definitely a mixture between skill and and uh, a game of chance. Okay. In the in the season long game, that could go either way as well. Uh, and you ask about the draft. The draft to me is a should be at least seventy five percent of the um, of the skill or the chance involved. But here's the deal, okay? In either format, we talk about it's got a it's a game of skill. Clearly, it's a game of chance, and clearly, it's a game of skill. The question is. Which is more? Is it more chance or more skill? Now, to me, a skill is when you do something with an excellence of performance. That's a skill. So just spending five hours a day and putting in a lineup doesn't necessarily mean you have a skill. If you lose, you don't have a skill on that particular day. Because where's the skill? Uh, If you're a carpenter and you go to school to learn how to build a chair and you build your first chair and and you sit in it and it breaks, did you have a skill? Hell no, you didn't have a skill. You got bupkis. You got nothing. So I don't know what a skill really is. And the same thing in the season-long game. I think it's a lot easier in the season-long game. You can call it more of a skill in projecting player performance for the year. Uh, We could take, uh, look, and nobody is expecting you to hit anything right on the head. You see, that's where a couple of people got it wrong. It's not that you're going to predict Mike Trout's going to hit 32 home runs and hit 367 and drive in 115 runs if he comes two or three uh, over or under, uh, then... uh, you're wrong. The projections that, uh, for example, Ron Chandler's baseball forecaster, it puts players in tiers. That's all it does. Nobody's expecting you to be right on top. But in the daily game, when you have 600 at-bats for the year and you and you succeed 30% of the time, that makes you a Hall of Famer. Now you translate that into 162 games, and then you tell me that Mike Trout's got to hit a double on Tuesday. All right? So I don't know what the skill is. I don't know what the uh, skill is in the daily game and the season-long game. I only know that if you lose, then what kind of skill do you have? 
Jerry, going to uh, pose that one to you. Uh, you One of the big knocks on daily games is that you lose the magic of the in-season management, but you one of the what the advocates will say is you have a whole bunch of draft days. So how much weight do you put on draft day in a season long league? You say Jerry, Jerry or you? I'm sorry. Oh, oh Jerry, how much my apologies. Yeah, how, yeah, my how, apologies. How much, oh, no worries. How much weight do you put on draft day in a season long league? Well, it depends on the league. Uh, in the NFB slow draft, I'd have to say it's 100% of my draft because I'm stuck with that team for the whole year. Uh, other than that, I'd say I'd have to agree with Lenny. It's around 50 to 70% anyways, and then it's it's a labor of love, really a lot like daily. I get up every day and I and I, I check for ad drops, see who's available, see if anybody made a dumb move and dropped somebody I want. I mean, it's almost as much work, really. Yeah. Uh, what what would you say to the people that say, well, managing my team in season is is half the fun or all of the fun, and I don't get that with with daily games? How do you answer that? Um, I I can't speak for anybody else. I mean, I enjoy them both. Like I said earlier, they're both they're yeah. different. They're two completely different animals that I that I both walk individually. If that makes any sense. Yep. Uh, yep. Jerry, I'm going to leave it with you. Um, we're going to kind of wrap it up. Give us. Give us your case for the coexistence of daily fantasy games and yearly fantasy games. Well, the coexistence is this. We all do this because we love baseball. I still collect baseball cards. I still play in yearly leagues. And I spend hours a day doing DFS losses. Then I go to work. I manage my family, and I live my life. I do all this because I enjoy it. The day that it comes that I don't enjoy playing any type of fantasy baseball, then I won't play any. As long as you enjoy it, you should do it. If you don't enjoy it, then don't do it. Tim, you want to put a uh, wrap on the case for the yearly leagues? Well, you know, I, I think when you look at both, they are definitely geared and tailored, I believe, to very different people with very different interests. Uh, I think that right now there is an incredible level of, of traffic flowing to the daily game. And, hey, I, I think that group of individuals is looking for something very, very different than the person who is playing in year in yearly leagues and hey all the more power to them i just don't want my uh, my game to end up being dragged down the tubes because of the what i consider to be a gambling game in the in the daily game uh moving forward i don't think the yearly leagues will ever change the people that love the game and want to play that format will continue to play that format uh, daily, I don't, uh, I don't know what the future holds, but I, I do have some concerns, and hopefully those concerns don't come through to fruition. Lenny, can you wrap up your thoughts on the, the state of the yeah. game, as it were, with daily versus uh, yearly, and then we're going to send it to uh, to Doug for his thoughts. You see, first of all, I just want to make it clear. I've built a reputation for the last 23 years as a season-long guy. But I want to make it clear to everyone listening, and I mean everyone. Five years ago, along with Tony Sincata and Paul Greco, it was Lenny Melnick who also brought the Daily Game to Sirius XM Radio. We discovered the virtues of the Daily Game. When I say we, that includes me. Also, we sat down with a banker at the time that I organized the meeting to buy FanDuel, and that was four to five years ago. So I don't want people to think that I'm biased, and for the past four years, all I've done every day is report and analyze the game. Not to the degree of an expert 
because I don't even know if there are any experts. All right, so there are certainly guys that do it better than me, and I'm learning now as I'm getting as I'm getting deeper and deeper into it. Um, my fear is is like Tim said. Uh, it depends on what you know. Congress decides to do the thing that I don't like about the daily game is the recruiting methods, giving away millions of dollars, uh, giving away big fancy trips. When we first started season long, it was it was almost like the office pool for the NCAA tournament. That's the classification it was put under. It's no longer uh, put under that. With the uh, millions of dollars floating around, somebody's going to start paying attention and say, let's take a look at this again, and I am not sure where it's going to wind up. And if the daily game uh, is considered to be gambling, I got news for you. The season-long game could fall into that as well. Uh, So that's my concern. I only hope, and I mention it again, it was meant to be a diversion from the daily grind. I just hope when we're playing it, because it involves money, and we all know what money does. Money could make it part of the daily grind. So just I'm just hoping that people who play it, and I play it every single day, that it doesn't become the daily grind itself. Lenny, how do people keep in touch with you on Facebook, Twitter, what have you? No, not on Facebook anymore. I don't even look at that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> keep me off of Facebook. All right? Hit me up at MySpace, and uh, no, you can send me a postcard to Sing Sing. Uh, what you do is, uh, first of Monday through Friday on Blog Talk Radio, and that's what I'm very proud of. But I'm also proud to have somebody in that in the peanut gallery, as we said, <laughs> the Howdy Doody Show peanut gallery. Uh, and who? There's not many people who remember that, okay? But uh, Buck Davidson is there. A couple of people hang out. I've been doing that format of the daily podcast for uh, well over 15 years, and I'm, I love it, and I hope you hear it in my voice when you hear it. Of course, on Sirius Radio, 7 to 10, Saturday and Sunday, uh, Eastern Time, and then I'm on there various. I'm on tomorrow from uh, 9 to 11 on Sirius, and uh, it's just fun. You can hit me up at Twitter, at Lenny Melnick, and I'll answer your questions loud and clear very quickly because that's what I do all day. Uh, you can hit me up even at, uh, you can send me an email, LennyMelnick at gmail.com, and I'll talk to you on the phone. I'll talk to you via email, via Twitter, <laughs> whatever you like. It's my life. Jerry, Jerry, one more time, how do people stay in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at GeraldColvin73, and you can find me at Facebook at JerryColvinIII, if anybody wants to hit me up. And before we go to Doug for his final thoughts, Tim, how do people stay uh, stay in touch with you? Uh, you can get a hold of me at TimothyLMC on Twitter. Uh, I'm all over Facebook as Tim McLeod. And if you happen to be in any washroom stalls in the New York area, my number is probably posted on one. For a good time, that's right. That's it, Lenny. Thanks so much. Doug, you have the last word. Oh, wow, that's uh, mighty prestigious in this company. Uh, I would say that I share some of the concerns. I'm not not a fan of the way the daily game is promoted. Um, They promote it, you know, as a one-day thing, and in its nature, I guess it is, but I think the way any player approaches it has to be over the long term. So I don't like the way it's promoted. What quells my concerns about that, though, is here you've got MLB with a daily fantasy partner in DraftKings. You've got daily fantasy stuff all over ESPN. You've got FanDuel with this huge, huge following. You know, these huge sites, huge networks involved. 
there's going to be some kind of regulation, but it's not going away. So uh, nothing Congress is going to do is going to go against Major League Baseball. You know, they might want their part of piece of the pie, but I don't think anything's going to happen as far as that's going to endanger fantasy. Uh, not with those the size of those companies and networks involved. For me, though, adding daily, it's it's the things that I liked about the season long league, the day to day management. It's kind of the same thing with daily. It's just doing different things every day. So to, I think Jerry said it best in that if you enjoy it, do it. And I think there's something to enjoy if people give Daily Fantasy a chance. They're going to find out that it's the little things along the way that can make a difference and, and that they're going to enjoy it. So I just would, would urge everybody to give it a try over a long period and find the enjoyment in it that I do and, and stay in those yearly leagues too. And if people so want to keep say up one with- thing real quick? Sure, go ahead, Jerry. I, I find this interesting to, to speak of how quick the daily game is growing. Is I have a DraftKings hat, and I go to the bank every Monday to make the deposits for my business, and nobody ever noticed it. Same bank manager says hi to me every week. Uh, I notice now since the commercials, I walk in today, they're wearing the hat for three, four weeks. He goes, hey, I love your DraftKings hat. <laughs> Never noticed it before, but now he does. Yeah, it's uh, the awareness, absolutely. Uh, Doug, Drink the Kool-Aid. Say? <laughs> Doug, how do people stay in touch with you? Oh, probably Twitter at RotoDaddy is the easiest way. Uh, I, I've uh, veered away from Facebook a little bit too, bit too much politics on there, and they get me sucked in. So at RotoDaddy on Twitter <laughs> is probably the best way. And you can follow yours truly at Buck Davidson on Twitter. Gentlemen, I thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about this very timely topic. Folks, that will just about do it for this week's episode of the Sunday Night Sandlot. We'd like to thank our special guests, Jerry Colvin of SportsBlog.com, Tim McLeod of Prospect 361, and, of course, the great Lenny Melnick for joining us tonight. It was indeed a pleasure to have each and every one of you here in the Cyber Studio. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'd love to see you again next week. Until then, for Doug Anderson, this is your host, Buck Davidson, saying when somebody start the team bus and cue the postgame show, this one's in the history books. We'll see you next week, everybody. Never.